Hello, my friends. Peggy Moore here with Discover Your Personal Power podcast. I'm so excited to be talking with you guys today. I just finished my coaching training this week, and I am now a certified professional coach with Aim Higher Coaching, who is accredited by the International Coaching Federation, which is the gold standard for coaching. It accredits training, compliance standards, code of conduct, and code of ethics. So I'm pretty excited and I'm offering free discovery sessions. If you want to chat, I will leave a link in the show notes. So let's get started. I put an inquiry out on Facebook to see what people wanted to hear about. And one of my dear friends, who is a marriage and family counselor herself, said resilience. And so I loved this. I worked for the government alongside military personnel in the hospital at Longstreet Regional Medical Center in the intensive care unit from 2009 to 2016, where we took care of patients that were injured in Afghanistan and Iraq. It was difficult and very busy and very hard emotionally to see the soldiers that came in. And during this time, the military had been fighting this war for almost 10 years and the soldiers were tired. Many had PTSD and many of the caregivers were struggling with compassion fatigue and burnout. The military took a concerted effort to educate their soldiers and their leaders about resiliency. In 2009, the Army implemented the Comprehensive Soldier Fitness Program, which was a universal prevention initiative designed to train all their soldiers and their families in mental fitness and resilience. So being that I was working with the military at this time, I was a part of this training and it was phenomenal help soldiers and their families maintain normal functioning in the face of adversity. Training was based on positive psychology in the context of prevention, optimism, and growth mindset. So resiliency is the ability to bounce back in times of challenge, during obstacles, or adversity. The military has been able to provide some great data about resiliency since they've been doing this program for about almost 10 years. And I am going to assume that after this COVID craziness, we will be looking at resiliency in the United States and probably across the world and how people have handled the craziness of this situation. So I want to tell you a quick story. So I was at the pool the other day and I saw an instructor teaching this kid that was super young, about probably two years old, how to fall in the pool, flip themselves over, basically to float and then call for help. I was so amazed and impressed. How brilliant. Teaching a child as young as six months old how to flip over in a pool, float and cry for help instead of panicking and drowning. After they were finished with the lesson, I was able to talk with the instructor and she said she teaches what is called swimming rescue technique for infants as young as six months old. This technique has been taught to more than 175,000 infants and toddlers. This program teaches children how to adjust their life according to real-world circumstances. So when this child practices falling in the pool, they may still be dressed. They may still have their shoes on or a backpack on or whatever. They're not necessarily in their bathing suit. They're using real world circumstances. What if you fell in a pool? There have been 788 documented cases of a child saving themselves using this infant safety rescue technique. 
What a great resource for prevention and education for water safety. Today I'm not talking about water safety, but I am talking about prevention and education to help us as individuals to keep from feeling like we're drowning in the deep end of excessive workloads, emotionally draining work, oftentimes little resources, lack of control of our time, and just our personal tendencies of control and perfectionism. And then of course this craziness of coronavirus and all the turmoil going on in the world around us. So my goal is to help us be able to jump in the deep end, know that it will be okay because we have the tools and strategies needed to be able to call for help if we need or swim out gracefully. Today I get to talk about one of my favorite subjects and that is how to take care of you. I want you to take a minute and you can raise your hand or you can nod your head or just think to yourself if you've ever felt this way at some point in the last month or so. So physically or emotionally exhausted, you're just burnt, you're done, you're just drained. You have trouble sleeping. You have racing thoughts that prevent you from getting to sleep or you wake up in the middle of the night with nightmares or reoccurring dreams that replay over and over again, that you forgot something at work or you didn't do something that you were supposed to do. Physical symptoms such as increased blood pressure or heart palpitations, stomach aches, headaches, appetite changes, whether it be overeating or not eating. Substance abuse, you notice you're drinking a little more wine just to deal with the day, or you're reaching for those comfort foods a little more often. Increased illness, when we're constantly on high alert, our stress system is working constantly to put out the fires and it gets tired. When your threat response system has been activated for a long time, your immune system is down and you're more likely to get sick. Increased times of feeling down or anxious. When you just find yourself feeling down like there's a black cloud hanging over you and it's dark and it's misty outside. Or an absence of positive emotions. You don't necessarily have to feel down, but if there's nothing lifting you up, you can't find something to feel good about. Or you find that you're just feeling flat and unable to find joy. You're finding yourself being more cynical and and sarcastic. I saw a lot of this working in the ICU. When we get burned out and we can't control all the craziness around us, we start to become bitter, resentful, and cynical. It's a coping strategy to avoid dealing with the real issues when one feels out of control. Need an example? Check out the show The Office. The problem is... Cynicism and sarcasm create negative energy and that can be felt by peers, co-workers, friends, loved ones, and even our children. And then lack of patience. When you find yourself being short with everyone, being in such a hurry that you can't cut someone some slack or everything irritates you because you're just on edge. When you find yourself going from zero to 60 in two seconds because someone is taking too long to use the copier or the parking spot you wanted is full or the checkout line in the grocery store is wrapped around the aisle. 
all these symptoms are leaning towards signs of burnout. When you're feeling this way, it can affect every aspect of your life, your work, your home, your family, your social life. You just can't deal with the noise of your small children or the drama of your teenagers. You can't even fathom cooking dinner or doing regular household chores. You're just too tired and you're done. And when you're coming home physically and emotionally drained every day, you just want to quit adulting for a while and lay on the couch and curl up. I get it. Of course, every once in a while, you're going to have an exhausting day and order pizza instead of making that four-course dinner. But if this is consistent and you're finding that this overwhelming exhaustion is taking over and it's beginning to be an everyday occurrence, you could be approaching burnout. And at this point, your family starts to suffer, you suffer, your relationship starts to suffer. And when you don't have the physical energy to invest in personal care, or you're too tired to go out with your friends, or you're too exhausted to read a book with your babies, you have no time for the gym or going on a date night with your hubby, it's time to use some strategies to promote some resilience and start feeling a little better. It's so important to realize when you start giving up on those things that are important to you, those things that feed your soul, when you stop diligently filling your cup, eventually you'll become depleted. Now, I know everyone listening to this podcast has either a computer or an iPad or a phone. And how do you feel when your cell phone is low to dead and you need it? We all have cell phones, computers, or iPads, and when the battery is low, we know we need to connect it to an electrical source to gain more energy. What happens if you let your battery die completely? When you plug it into the wall, does it bounce right back and immediately come back to you? Not usually, it takes a few minutes, and this can be frustrating if you need your phone. Trust me, I know, I've done this before. We don't want our charge our battery charge to get so low that it takes time to get back up. One of the new updates on my phone now says that my battery is at 80% and that it has saved the last 20% for when I need it at the end of the day. What? I'm like, that is brilliant. How smart is that? I love having that reserve on my phone. That little bit of energy stored up for future use. We all need to have that little bit of energy stored up for future use. We need to make sure to recharge our batteries. So what are some things that we can do to prevent burnout and promote resilience? So one thing we can do is we can prioritize. We can locate the problem and then prioritize and create solutions. Recognizing the things that have to be done versus things that aren't as important to be done. As a critical care nurse taking care of very ill patients, sometimes I would walk into a room and feel very overwhelmed. I had to calm my mind and focus. What is the most important? Where's my patient's heart rate? Where's their blood pressure? How is their oxygen level? Looking at the things that were most important. Yeah, there's lots of other stuff that needs to be done, but as Stephen Covey said, take care of first things first. Plan smart goals and smaller goals. 
SMART goals are simple, measurable, achievable, relatable, and time sensitive. Breaking up your tasks into smaller achievable goals makes them more manageable. How do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. What is one thing that you can get done right now or in the next 30 minutes or by lunchtime? Making goals smart and smaller. Preventing decision fatigue. Brainstorm ways to work smarter, not harder. You may have heard me talk about uh, decision fatigue before on this podcast, or I know I talk about it in my coaching program. We're so blessed to live in a world where we have so many choices. Think about ordering your morning coffee from Starbucks. There are over 80,000 ways to order a coffee at Starbucks. Tall, short, hot, cold, foam, no foam, soy, chocolate sauce, sugar-free, non-fat, and the list goes on and on. Making decisions, though, takes energy. Creating some routines to save some decision-making energy can not only save that energy for something else, but create peace in your mind and in your soul. For example, figuring out what to cook for dinner every night makes me crazy. Coming home from work and cooking dinner every night for little munchkins that don't even eat half of the food was causing me a lot of stress. So I learned about freezer meals and crockpots. I learned that one afternoon of preparation could save me a month of stress worrying about what was for dinner. This saved my life when I worked 12-hour shifts. I actually would take one weekend and make 25 freezer meals for the month, most of them being crockpot meals. That way, it was one less thing I had to worry about on a day-to-day basis. There is nothing like coming home from a long shift to an amazing smell of a roast in the crockpot and knowing that dinner is done. Figuring out ways to streamline your to-do list. What kinds of things can you put together and schedule them at a time of day when you're the freshest? I work better in the mornings. I can get more done if I get up a little bit earlier than trying to stay up later. And maybe you can't make an extra hour earlier in your day or stay up later, but figure out what works best for you. Remember Steve Jobs? Steve Jobs wore a black shirt and jeans every day because he didn't want to use brain power to figure out what he had to wear in the morning. His brain was more important than that. Preventing decision fatigue and planning ahead saves brain energy. Next, fill your cup and nourish your soul. Did you know that physiologically, just taking a deep breath can slow down your heart rate and your breathing and help you feel calmer, it releases neurochemicals that actually make your body feel calmer. Taking a deep breath can help you get recentered and grounded. So before any big task, any important meeting, whatever it is that causes you some angst or anxiety, take a deep breath. Breathe in for four seconds, breathing all the good energy in. Hold your breath for a few seconds and let that energy circulate around and then let it go for four seconds, letting go of that negative energy. Breaths are like love notes for your body. Find the positive. Identify three things that went well each day. Take time every day to find something that makes you laugh. 
watch a funny meme or talk with a friend that makes you laugh, whatever it is that brings a smile to your face and do it every day. We have to make a conscious effort to put the positive in every day. I love shows like I Love Lucy or Friends. My family teases me because I will break out laughing hysterically and won't be able to stop. Those two shows always give me a pick-me-up when I'm having a dreary day. Next, and I've talked about this before, journal, journal, journal. Writing is therapeutic and it gives voice to emotions that may be too raw to speak aloud. Traditional journaling can be self-reflective, increase self-awareness, and promote self-compassion and understanding. There's a quote that says, journaling finds the meaning in meaningless and negates the emptiness through creative writing from the heart. I thought that was so beautiful. Journaling is an outlet to help you tell your truth without being judged. And if you don't like traditional journaling, you can try bullet journaling or just doodling, getting something out on paper. Next, increasing our connections and our relationships helps to fill our bucket and increase our energy reserves. Building a strong support system. Find supportive coworkers, peers, and friends. Get together and share experiences, problems, and solutions. Find your go people. Those who can make you laugh, those who have your back, those who are there for you. I did a half marathon once in Luxembourg, and at the end of the race, during the last mile and a half, you could have a friend meet you to help you run to the finish line. She was called your go girl. So coming up on mile 10, I was exhausted and my feet hurt and I was barely jogging, but then I was able to meet up with my go girl and we ran all the way together, talking and laughing all the way to the finish line. How fun is that? Find your go people, develop and nurture your relationships, schedule time together if needed, spouse dates, kids dates, friends dates, make time to connect with those you love. It helps to fill your bucket and promote resiliency. Next, to promote resiliency, use a nurturing voice in your head. Remember that self-talk? As women especially, I think we hold ourselves to such high standards and we're constantly speaking negatively to ourselves. Think, would I talk this way to my best friend the way I talk to myself? Be kind. What are my strengths? What strengths can I pull to help me through this situation? Regularly review your strengths and the resources that you have. They can change from time to time, but recognizing them helps to provide strength and confidence in one's ability to handle stress. Next, know what works for you. This kind of goes along with those boundaries, the boundary podcast that I talked about. Know what works for you and advocate for your needs. Know yourself and advocate for your needs. If you like structure or more freedom, do you like to sit in one place or move around the building? Do you need a strict timeline or a more creative space? Knowing what works for you and figuring out how to make your present situation work for you will give you more energy and make you more productive. Advocating for yourself and what you need. I need a lot of sleep. 
If I don't get enough sleep, I'm irritable, I cry easy, and my distress tolerance is very low. I know that I need to go to bed at a time that will give me enough sleep. Sometimes this means not hanging out with my friends who go out late or not doing activities that will keep me up late. Sometimes this irritates my friends or my family, but I have to advocate for myself. I know that I will not be a pleasant person and I might say or do something destructive if I don't get the rest that I need. I have to know that I need sleep and then I have to advocate for myself. Next, being aware of trauma triggers. Everyone has past full experiences that can be triggers when working with others. It's important to be aware of your own trauma triggers. It's important to realize when that emotion or that memory that is triggered zaps some of your energy. That amount of energy depletes some of your resources, whether you're using positive coping skills to deal with it or not. Just realize that you do have that energy that you're using. Realize that you're not at 100%. A good example of this is the loss of a loved one. During the time that anniversaries of the loss of a loved one, it can trigger unpleasant emotions and memories. Being aware at that time that you might not be as chipper or might not be as social during that time is okay. Being aware of your own personal needs and then it's important to help balance the stressors of normal days that can be coming your way when you've got that kind of in the background of your mind. Next, we always need to remember that our thoughts and our perceptions influence our behavior. So if we need to, we can get out pen and paper and we can make a list of things to improve the situation. I know I've had to do that with this COVID situation. I live in Okinawa and when we're on lockdown, we literally can't leave our house. Um, I live in a foreign country, so I have to abide by the rules that the military sets for us because I work for them. So if they say you can't leave your house, I can't leave my house. So I've had to make lists of things I can do to be creative and have fun at home to keep myself from getting frustrated and irritated and things that I can't control. So writing down statements to counteract negative thoughts. So thinking of ways to put a positive spin on the fact that I have to stay at home. So I can work on projects that I haven't been able to work on for a long time. I can clean out a closet or I can watch a show that I've been wanting to watch forever but I've been too busy to watch. So finding a positive way to put a spin on things that we can't control or things that may be negatively affecting our life. So finish the day with visualizing the best parts of your day, learning to accept that disappointment is normal, and then saying no to overcommitting and really trying to cognitively restructure our thoughts to more positive thoughts can help with resiliency. So remember that you can put together a little self-care arsenal. Take some time for self-care and relaxation. You can keep a basket in your office or by your bed or by your desk of your favorite snacks, fun notebooks, fun pens. You can make an appointment for your nails or massages if you're allowed to do that right now. You can get up and take a walk or you can go see your go girl or your friends that you can connect 
connect with and and maybe laugh with. The important thing is to remember to fill your cup and nourish your soul. I hope I've provided you with some skills needed to be able to jump in the water with the knowledge to know that it is going to be okay. Shallow end or deep end. Know that you have the skills needed to prioritize, focus, find the positive, fill your cup, and nourish your soul and promote resiliency in your own life. Thank you guys so much for listening. Like anything else, resiliency is a skill. With a little thought and preparation, you can recharge your battery and keep that extra percentage charge for unsuspecting times when you might need it. If you guys liked what you heard, please leave me a review on iTunes. iTunes promotes its podcast by their reviews, so it would help me get the word out. Share your podcast with a friend. I have lots of exciting things happening on my website. You can now go to PeggyMoreLifeCoaching.com or DiscoverYourPersonalPower.org to find my website more easily. Thank you so much again for listening and until we meet again, my friends.